Welcome to Beyond a Parent, the podcast for Christians seeking clarity for parenting in a confusing world. I'm Chuck Mead. Hey, I'm Jeremy Autry. And so today we're going to be talking about, it seems really heavy, especially from the title, but really going to be talking about Satan's attack on your family, spiritual warfare, how to handle that, how to be prepared for it on multiple fronts. You ready for this, Jeremy? I'm so ready for this. Yes. So um, I think it'd be good to obviously acknowledge that yes, we are in a season right now with Halloween coming up where... I don't know if even the celebration, but the portrayal of satanic or demonic things are more prevalent, visible. It's definitely a uh, focus of our culture right now during this this time on the calendar. Yes. And there's a lot of different positions people take as far as Halloween. This is not a Halloween episode, but we want to run to God's word. This is a Halloween alternative episode. Ooh, alternative. This is the fall festival of podcasts. (laughs) Yes, this is the trunk or treat two weeks before uh, the end of October podcast. Yes, I like that. I like that. Speaking of which, our church just got finished with our Candy and Cars um, event. Pastor Jeremy, how'd that go? It was amazing. Pretty great. We had a... Uh, probably the biggest crowd we've ever had, and I looked incredible dressed as Flynn Rider. He did from uh, the Disney movie movie Tangled. But uh, kids knew who I was. Adults were clueless about mm-hmm. who I was supposed to be. So I don't know if that's good or bad. Um, we did a hundred acres wood. <laughs> that was car. perfect. Chuck's wife Katie, you may know, is. Uh, expecting yes and she was dressed as winnie the pooh which was perfect perfect i was tigger and wyatt was eeyore matched his personality actually no wyatt is not grumpy at all not all chuck played eeyore terribly he never even tigger bounced oh sorry played tigger terribly he never even bounced it was fun but bottom line that a lot of people heard the gospel that day pastor jeremy did the gospel presentation about how many people you think went through to hear the gospel all kidding aside it was easily 1300 Mm -hmm. people um probably that's a a low estimate mm-hmm. uh, total number of people um, was exceeded that easily. So it's a season where it's important to like understand and see, hey, this is what's going on in our culture now. And so while things like this, you may be seeing certain things on TV, and it may spark some conversations with your kids um, about what God's Word says about spiritual warfare, about the devil, about Satan's attack on your family, um, and a, a very uh, well-known passage on spiritual warfare we find in Ephesians 6 verses 11 and 12 when it says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So, we uh, see spiritual warfare all throughout scriptures and Uh, Jeremy and I want to look at two main dangers when it comes to Satan's attack on us, on our family as followers of Christ. What would you say to start off with the first one, Jeremy? Uh, The first one is the danger of taking this too lightly, um, maybe ignoring that uh, our enemy exists at all, Mm -hmm. or if we do accept the fact that he's real, um, making light of it and not taking it him as a serious 
enemy, a serious threat. Yeah, and I, I would say, especially right now at this um, season in our culture, that's probably what we're going to see more prevalent is, hey, this is just make-believe. This is just kind of a joke. You're going to see people, you know, in your devil costumes with horns and a tail and a pitchfork and things like that. And it's easy for that just to be made light of or, hey, it's just another fairy tale. But but spiritual warfare is real and the devil is a real um, being uh, who is actively at work in society. Yeah, and uh, just think about um, our our enemy, Satan, is real and very intelligent, and he would love for us to think that he's not real right. or that he's not a threat. You know, what a great cover, what a great tactic for him, um, for for us as a society, as individuals, as a church, as a family. To think that he doesn't even exist. Or that he's a joke. Right. Which is big right now, yeah, too, yeah. I think. Yeah. So, uh, um, I'm a child of the 80s, and I remember Saturday Night Live when I was a kid. There was Satan as a character on a skit comedy show every mm-hmm. Saturday night, you mm-hmm. know, and, and it was hilarious. And I remember watching it and just kind of crept into my psyche that... This is just, you know, part of our culture, something to laugh about, something not to take serious. And we even, even in um, more tame things, like you're going to see in cartoons and stuff, even from back in the day where you had the little, uh, I'm just thinking of like a Mickey Mouse cartoon and Pluto had a little angel version of Pluto and a little devil version of Pluto on his shoulders. You know what I mean? And yeah. like, that is the, the, the thoughts of society. Like, hey, this is just part of a cartoon and, yep. and they'd reinterpret it and it's easy for us to believe the lies that it's either not a big deal, it's a joke, or, you know, it's we just kind of make up what we think about the devil. Yeah, and uh, characterizations of him exist in video games and um, current um, music videos uh, and and things that are, you know, just laughed off for use as entertainment and and therefore kind of conditioning us to take it lightly. So certainly we we shouldn't um, be uh, v- viewing any representation of Satan is in a positive light, make light of it. Um, it. It shouldn't be something that we view even as made up, something uh, obviously I don't think Christians should be looking to dress up as or take lightly, obviously within a certain realm, sometimes people will, you know, dramatize it for the sake of sharing the gospel. I get that. But as far as making light of it. You know, and and this is not uh, an episode or a podcast about, hey, we're telling you uh, what you should or shouldn't do as a a family or a Christian. Um, We're not telling you what shows you should watch. We're not telling you if your kids should go trick-or-treating. We're not telling you. But we are telling you there's a danger in communicating to your family that Satan is no big deal. He's mm-hmm. something to be laughed at. He's just part of the entertainment of our society. Um, maybe he's not even real. Um, maybe demons aren't aren't that serious of a thing. It's just something to be entertained by. So choosing those forms of entertainment, mm-hmm. especially without addressing it, 
there's a danger there. Oh, yeah. And so we're being really given opportunities, especially with if you have younger kids, to, hey, use the opportunity. If, if our kids are seeing something represented, whether it even be simply in a what seems just to be like a harmless cartoon or something, use that as an opportunity, hey, as a teaching tool. Hey, this is what the Bible says. Satan is real. Satan is an enemy of God. And, um, and we can really point to a lot of different scriptures that give us knowledge about that. So, we should be careful. What would you say is another danger? Um, The other danger would be to view spiritual warfare only in in this light, to think of our enemy Satan only attacking us in this supernatural, demonic realm. You know, we we read in Scripture about um, uh, demonic possession, and we read in Scripture about Satan literally speaking um, audibly, uh, to Jesus, we I assume, and to Eve, and uh, there are things like that, but this is not the only line of attack that our enemy uses. So if we spend so much time focused on that and thinking about that and obsessing over that and preparing a defense for that, we actually are ignoring maybe a more common line of attack from our enemy. Yeah. So I think it's important for us to realize that Demonic oppression activity is very real, and it's a lot more evident and open in other parts of the world, Jeremy. Like, I've heard missionaries and people who've been in other countries say, oh, yeah, there's witch doctors and there's openly uh, demon possession, things like that, where we don't see that as open out in the streets, maybe, in America. Yeah, I I don't know. I haven't, obviously, I haven't done some kind of scientific poll on this and have numbers, but that definitely is how it seems, you know, just from, you know, from what we've read and what we've, we've experienced that this isn't something that's happening every day, you know, demonic possession happening every day in and around us, definitely not in us, but around us. Mm -hmm. Um, But it does seem to be happening more in places where the church doesn't exist. There aren't Christians. Um, There are missionaries trying to reach this lost area. Those kind of things seem to be happening more there. Mm -hmm. But we see where there's a lot of times we can think, oh, and we may hear stories or we're we're very aware what the Bible says. We've read through um, uh, passages of scripture where Jesus is casting out demons and demon possession is so real. And we can be so on edge of that side of the attack where we think a portal is going to open up in our television and demons are going to rush out at us, where we are so focused on that side of the attack that we miss the much more common, what we find in the New Testament, as Satan's method of attack on our family. Yeah, so Satan, when we look at the New Testament, we see warnings about Satan that don't seem to be like, hey, pay attention, he might be possessing somebody, or it seems more like we're talking about, hey, be careful of sin, hey, read your Bible, hey, pay attention to temptation. These are the the tactics of our enemy. Yeah, um, one just one passage that talks about this, um, Ephesians four twenty six through 28. L- look at the context of the warning of Satan, but look in the context of what it's saying. In verse 26, be angry and sin not. Don't let the sun go down upon your wrath, nor give a place to the devil. 
Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary or for edification that it may impart grace to the hearers. So what we're seeing in this passage is it's telling us, hey, don't don't um, be angry, but don't sin in your wrath. Um, be careful about what you st- say. Um, don't steal. It's bringing up these basic commands, and right in the middle of it, it's saying, don't give a place to the devil. Don't give him a foothold in your life within all these commands. What would you say about the devil's role, Jeremy, in some of these basic attacks on really temptation for us to sin? Yeah, and just think about it. Uh, your enemy would love for you not to be, uh, first of all, he would love for people to not become Christians at all. Uh, he would love to to draw our attention away, to give us other idols, to worship other things, to put first other things, to love other things, to trust, to save us and give us purpose and give us identity. Um, that's for the lost person. That's true for the Christian too. He would love to take our focus away from the Savior. He would love to take our, our attention to another idol, something mm-hmm. else for us to put first, something else to take our time. So we're less effective as a Christian. Um, if he's already lost the battle for our heart, for our eternity, he would love to make sure we're ineffective as uh, the hands and feet of Christ here on mm-hmm. earth by giving us something else to be focused on or by tempting us with sin. He would love for us to lose our our testimony yeah. uh, for Christ. So, if we even just start at the very beginning, the, the introduction to Satan in the book of Genesis, we see his temptation of Eve. And his temptation to Eve, it wasn't, hey, he's going to um, he's gonna uh, possess Eve and cause her to do all these weird, freaky things to Adam. No, he really just gets convinces her to doubt God, um, to question God, and to want something else outside of God's design. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. He he doesn't uh, he doesn't um, take over Eve and, and control her. He just tempts her to sin, and then he uses her to tempt Adam to mm-hmm. sin. And then their relationship with Christ is affected because of the temptation that was put forth by Satan. Right. So in in Genesis 3, Satan is tempting Eve to ignore or reject what God had said to ignore his uh, ignore God's word, his command. But then we see again a, a major temptation from Satan in Luke 4 and other passages of Jesus being tempted in the wilderness. And so, what we see is the opposite reaction to Satan's temptation. And that was what Jesus did was to trust and claim and repeat the words of God. Yeah, isn't that interesting? So, this, uh, the first Adam, um, Scripture uh, talks about uh, Adam and Christ in this way. The first Adam, he sins because instead of leaning on God's word, he gives in to temptation. His wife literally doubted the words of God. God had told them, this was dangerous, you shouldn't do it. They did it. But then we fast forward to the second Adam, Christ, who is going to, through his actions, give us a way to be rescued. And when he's tempted, he doesn't lean on his own power, even though he has infinite power. He leans on the word of God. Uh, his answer to every temptation from the enemy was, this is what the Word of God says. Right. So, we we as parents have to be aware of Satan's methods of attack. First Peter 5, 8 said, 
describes him as a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour. And so because of that, he's looking to attack. He wants to destroy a Christian home. He wants to destroy marriages. He wants to steal our kids' hearts away from following after God. Um, he wants to distract and divide. And, and one of the ways um, he's described as uh, the father of lies, he is a deceiver. So, he, we see how he deceived Eve in the garden and Adam, and then how he was deceiving all throughout um, the Old and New Testament. And so, his ways are not always very obvious. So, we can think, oh man, yeah, I'm not going to have any opportunity for Satan to be glorified in my home through demonic oppression. I'm going to be very careful about what we see, but and outwardly identifying representations of Satan when really he's coming in, getting a hold of our hearts or t- causing us to doubt God. Right. So, I, I guess like a concrete, you know, on the everyday level, what we're saying is if you are careful to make sure there's no, uh, you're not watching horror films and your kids don't dress up as demons for uh, trunk or treat at your church, or you just abandon trunk or treat altogether and buy your kids candy instead. And you know, you're, you're super careful about making sure your kids aren't listening to those kind of songs. And you, you've done away with all of the, the things that would be the occult or even lean into that. And you don't watch Bewitched and you're careful with all of those things. But then you're not paying attention to the fact that Satan is tempting you to focus on things you shouldn't focus on or to give um, more attention to something than you're giving to God or to um, spend more time at work and focus on that instead of with your family or, you know, whatever this temptation to sin is, you're not thinking about that because you were so careful to make sure that your kid wasn't listening to music that has references to Satan. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe you are only focused on this one line of attack and that's dangerous. And then now the enemy has snuck in and you weren't even paying attention and you know, your life is a struggle because of that. Yeah. And I think it's important to see too, we see Satan's attack, but it's important to also note and realize that in Christ, we have the power to resist Satan. So, 1 Peter 5, 8 through 11 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, is a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. We started that, but then it gives us this. Whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. But the God of all grace, who has called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you've suffered a little while, makes you perfect." establishes and strengthens, settles us. And so, what we have is that God has given us a way of escape, and that's through grace, that's through faith in Jesus Christ. So, we resist the devil. Yes. Um, and that means we resist the things he's tempting us to do. We flee temptation. We run away from that, and we run to God. Mm-hmm. The answer to um, spiritual warfare is that you're not fighting this battle alone. Right. Your role in the battle is to get out of the way, to run away from the temptation, and in running away from one thing, I'm running to another thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that role is me running away from this enemy who's stronger than me to my big brother who's stronger than him. Yes. Uh, so whether that is this supernatural, hey, I'm uh, the Holy Spirit is I'm sensing the presence of the enemy or or a demonic oppression, or any of those things, or this is, hey, I'm being tempted 
to this everyday, very natural sin. Uh, either way, the answer is flee that, resist mm-hmm. that, run from that, and run to Christ um, and talk to him and run to his word and run to the spirit. This is our tactic. Yeah. This is our only defense. I remember, and maybe it was probably just, you know, you see scary things on TV as a kid or you hear of scary stories or maybe you get the sermon illustrations of the demons leaving voicemails on people's phones and stuff. Like, I remember hearing this wow, stuff Wow, I didn't grow up in church. I yeah. never got that. So, you get some of these, like, stories even from, like, messages and stuff trying to tell you about all, here's all these scary real stuff. And I get, I get the reality of it. And I remember, you know, being scared as a kid sometimes, oh, man, this is scary. And my mom telling me, hey, First John 4, 4, he that is greater, he is greater that is in you than he that is in the world. That's one we run to, and that's true. That's one to claim when we feel that demonic oppression or Satan's attacks. But Satan's attacks are not just in these physical ways that we can see or hear or be afraid by the presence of Satan and his demons. But that's a verse to quote when we feel tempted to sin, overwhelmed, when we are tempted to doubt God and to ignore his word, that Christ is greater yeah, than Satan. Yeah, because he's attacking that way too. So that's what we want to teach our kids. Hey, the trick is, the answer is, the defense, the offense, it all is me leaning on Christ, me getting closer to him. Um, So these are the conversations we should be having with our kids. Hey, uh, you're freaked out by something you saw. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about these things are real, but our God is bigger and stronger. Hey, you're tempted to do something you know you shouldn't be doing. Let's talk about that. Mm. Let's talk about how our God is bigger and stronger. The answer to both lines of attack is the same. Yes, I love that. Yeah. Um, uh, I want to end with a stolen illustration from Pastor Tom Wagner. When he, uh, I've heard him use this a few times, when he's preaching about what we do when we're under attack from the enemy, that we resist him and and run to Christ. Um, When he was a kid, there was a bully at his school. And uh, Pastor Tom, if you're listening to this and I get it wrong, don't correct me on social media and just send me a text. But uh, he had an older brother who I think was in the military, mm-hmm. and he knew he couldn't beat up this bully at school. So he asked his older brother to pick him up one day after school. Nice. And he told that kid to meet him in the playground. The kid shows up. His older brother comes in on his motorcycle, and uh, he gets on the back of his older brother's motorcycle, and all the you know the bully runs away because he doesn't want to have to fight the older brother. And while they're riding away, Pastor Tom shakes his fist at that bully and <laughs> reminds him that you know if you ever mess with me again, I've got this older brother that I can pull out. Um, I first of all, have a picture of Pastor Tom as a little kid, and in my mind, he looks exactly the same, but he's only three feet tall. Right. And he's on the back of his older brother, who's really cool, and he's riding a motorcycle, and he's shaking his fist at his enemy. But our enemy is more powerful than us. Mm -hmm. Our enemy is wiser than us. But we're not um, unaware of his attacks. We understand how he works, and we understand that he has nothing for our big brother. Mm. We can run to Christ, and he defeats him every time. You know, every single time the cross was him defeating our enemy. And in the end, our enemy is cast into the lake of fire. Satan's not in control of eternal destruction. He receives that too. And he's defeated. We don't have to worry about that. We just have to remember who has defeated him. 
Amen. Hey, uh, we've talked a lot, and thank you guys for listening um, to Beyond a Parent. Remember, parenting is beyond us, but in Christ, we have all that we need for this journey. Thanks for listening.